0: is a how do you engineer special
1: episode oh man <laughs> we're flipping to the back of the book to get to the glossary
0: yeah Ooh. so uh when we started this podcast we had some different ideas for the types of episodes we wanted to do uh generally so far we've done interviews and we've called those how do you do stuff episodes how do you blank
1: how do you engineer blank yeah, yeah how do you engineer that's the one yeah
0: And, uh, (laughs) we had other ideas for things like episodes where we go on site and maybe interview people at the engineering places where they make an engineer thing where they work. Yeah. We haven't gotten an offer for that one yet. No, no, that hasn't come through yet. So if you want us
1: to come to your workplace of work and learn about your work, then give us a call. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in the the greater Toronto area, we don't know how far we're going to drive. We won't bring, okay. I'm sorry. We won't bring lunch. It'll probably be at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Anyway. But we digress. Wait, there's one more. Also, yes. we with episodes like the one we're going to do today, where we just talk as a threesome about things that are of interest to us and of other engineers, maybe. Like the one we're going to do later? Yes.
1: That won't be posted on the same day as the one where they're listening to right now. Yes. The so one it's... that we're going
0: to post in the past, possibly the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this episode may or may not already be up. We won't know until we try to post these things.
0: Anyway, um, the type of episode we're going to do right now is what we've been calling glossary episodes. Hence, Simon's flipped to the back of the
1: book. Yep. Because mm-hmm. we got one of our only pieces of v- viewer mail. Oh, uh, I did it again. <laughs> uh, our only, pe- or One of our only pieces of listener mail from Pete's mom.
0: Yay. When you say mail, do you mean like snail mail? Like hardcore?
1: Comments on Facebook.com. It was a Facebook Ah, uh, okay. Yes. A Facebook post about how she thought that PCBs were a chemical that was bad. Well, they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, she was totally right. It was just the different kind of PCB that we were talking about in the episode to
0: which she was referring. Yes. And so that raises the question, Simon.
1: Yes. What is a PCB? Um, A PCB in the parlance that we were using in the first episode is a uh, printed circuit board. So that's, it's a piece of electronics. It's in a lot of, well, pretty much everything electronic that you buy has a circuit board in it. Cool. So that's it. End of episode. Um we're done. Well, <laughs> no. how, how far down are we going to drill? Okay, <laughs> let's let's let's, let's,
0: let's, let's, break dig, it let's down. dig in.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's uh let's go deep. Yeah. Okay, let's start with the C in circuit board. It's a circuit. So it's a it's a way of uh it's a way of connecting <laughs> electronic devices, electronic components to each other. How do you and, connect them?
0: What what is what's a component?
1: A oh, component. Ooh.
0: Okay, no. Okay, yeah.
1: Legit. well we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna make sure we talk about everything. yeah, components are the things you can think of being electronics like resistors, capacitors, chips, like ICS actually ICS there you go there's another one integrated circuit. So an IC is an integrated circuit. it's where you take something that would have originally been a whole circuit made of like transistors and resistors and whatnot and you put it onto a single chip. So you make the whole circuit out of um, etched silicon and then that replaces what would have been an entire circuit before. So basically if people think back to like high school physics where they looked at
0: circuit drawings of like little squiggly line resistors and maybe if they were really in some kind of intense physics class, little circular loopy loop lines of inductors and stuff like that, those mm-hmm. basic circuit components, but in real life.
1: Yeah. So if we go, we go in the way back machine to previous generation of do electronics. Do, 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 yeah.
0: do,
1: do, do. <laughs> uh, so originally circuits would have been resistors and capacitors and then you got, um, vacuum tubes which gave you a whole bunch of things you could do with switching and they were the precursors to transistors which allowed us to make what is now basically all of electronics is built around transistors
0: i have a great story about that uh i took electronics in high school for four or five years and my teacher used to tell us a story about how back when transistors were just becoming a thing there was some leader of some foreign country that was politically opposed to the united states mm-hmm. i want to say iraq but i'm not entirely sure and uh i'm not sure they were opposed at the time you're thinking of. yeah and that's why i'm not sure where it was but there was some political leader of some of a foreign country that was politically opposed to the states mm-hmm. and uh they put this video out and it was basically the leader standing there with a handful of transistors just shaking them in his hand going hey because <laughs> <laughs> apparently at that time transistors were a precursor to um intercontinental ballistic missiles Well, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So if you were able to build missiles, you needed transistors. And so he just stood there with a handful of transistors and laughed maniacally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like the Dr. Doom video. That sounds fantastic. I want to find this video now. Yeah. I don't know where he found it. Maybe he was alive. I don't know. All right. So anyway, transistors are basically, they're little electronic switches. They allow you to use one signal to control another signal, whether it's on or off. And from that, you can build... Um, anything you can build like gates, you can build flip flops, you can build things that are important. Basically, the building blocks of computers. So, uh, like a flip flop is a plate is a piece of circuitry that stores a piece of information that can go back and forth between two states. And so, you take all that, you arrange those into a circuit, which you can then etch onto silicon, and then you can make that into a chip, which is an integrated circuit, which you would then make part of a bigger circuit, and all of this would go onto a PCB. And how so, are they
0: connected together? Like you are saying that it's components connected together. Mm-hmm. How do you connect them?
1: So the, the, the PCB is made up of two major components. There are, well, three, I guess there are traces, which are the bits of copper that connect the components together. There are, um, holes that are the things that like your through hole components, I guess actually four, they're also pads. So generally speaking, your compo- your copper that's made of your traces, your, tra- your traces are made of is underneath a layer of something, whether it's epoxy or uh, it's in the middle of a board, so it's not exposed to the air. And then the, where the traces end, they can either end at a pad, which is an exposed bit of metal that you can solder something onto, or a hole, which like a leg of a resistor or a leg of something would go through the board and be soldered there. Or you have vias, which are holes that go through the board and allow you to connect different layers, because it's usually a PCB is made of a bunch of layers of copper that is all etched into different shapes and allow you to make the circuit lines that go across the board. Hmm. And so solder, hmm. which is the other thing I mentioned, if you, again, we're getting into slightly more familiar territory, probably for people who aren't uh, familiar with electronics, but it's a, uh, um, a mixture of different metals, depending on whether it's got lead or not. And uh, it melts at a much lower temperature than most other metals. So it allows you to have a uh, liquid metal that will flow in and around the legs of components and connect them to the copper layer underneath. So the main advantage of a PCB is that it allows you to create something that you can mass produce and you can put all your components onto so you don't need to wire each component to each other and you don't need to solder each thing to a wire. Or one of the things you can do if you're creating a circuit but you ha- don't have a final design is you can breadboard. You can have a board that's got a whole bunch of places you can stick components that are all connected together.
0: Is that also using copper? Do you connect them together in a breadboard or...?
1: um probably the contacts are copper i don't like depending on where you buy it from imagine some of them are aluminum but you use like
0: wires and stuff right as in, in place of the
1: traces yeah you would get like a solid wire so you could strip off the ends and stick it into the breadboard okay so that but that would be if you're prototyping you wouldn't there's it would be crazy to try and mass produce something that was connected together that way
0: well that brings up a good point which is like how do you make a pcb so like you have let's say in your physics textbook as i was saying earlier a circuit diagram how do you mm-hmm. make that into an actual pcb with things on it that you can
1: plug into Do you can make work basically well how much of this are we going to go back and like repeat what we said in episode one <laughs> Oh, it's right. We, we talked did. about that. We're not really. This is talking about well, what it is. Yeah,
0: but I mean, there's to a certain point. We just said like you go to a plate, you go to a store, and you buy the PCB. But you need to, and you design it. Okay, yeah. Okay, we guess we talked about that. We
1: did. <laughs> we talk about we that. did talk about it. All right.
0: What, fine. what do what do PCBs look like? Have I seen them in my real life anywhere?
1: Good question. Says Abby. the electrical engineer. <laughs> 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 we are, we are kind of pretending that we don't know what's going on here. This is this is for the audience more so than we don't have the the person who will have to have learned this in the room but um so yeah a pcb most of them are green um they can come in a bunch of different colors but uh the the cheapest option and the default option is green and um if you open up pretty much anything you have that has electronics in it there's a pcb in it and you'll know that it's the pcb because it's the big green thing that everything else is attached to (laughs) um so if does the
0: PCB have a different stance for, like, how it's made from your initial drawing? So in the textbook, you have the drawing. Mm-hmm. Does
1: like a schematic? the schematic? Yeah, the schematic. Sure. Schematic. Good. Fancy. So, Yeah, the schematic is the actual, like, the drawing that you've seen with the squiggly lines and the whatever different parts drawn out as yeah. icons.
0: Does the PCB look like the schematic in the end? So can you look at a PCB and go like, ah, oh, I know what this is. This is a thingamajig with a rectifier and a double bridge and. Um, you
1: might have been able to do that a lot easier back in the day. Now a PCB tends to just look like an IC with some capacitors around it. Like almost, almost all of what would have been really complicated circuits, uh, at least in consumer goods has been shifted off into specialized integrated circuits because it's cheaper to etch an integrated circuit than it is to com- like put together an actual PCB. So you generally buy an off the shelf IC rather than make something yourself from scratch for a lot of, a lot of jobs, there will be, it'll be easier to find something that already does it. Yeah. Like you could re- you could create a circuit, like say you wanted to, um, you had a thermocouple, which is a, a sensor that measures temperature by having a junction between two types of metal. And that junction produces current when there's heat. And so that, that current you can then measure. And you can do, um, you can do that with a circuit. You can create it on a board and you can build it up from individual parts. But there is also a, you can buy a, a thermocouple controller that just off the, as a, com- a single component. And then you don't have to do any of that circuit design because it's all been done for you. Hmm. Okay so it's uh the design of of pcbs has sort of shifted in recent years from coming up with ways to pack a whole bunch of components into one place to ways to get data into one into a single chip so
0: when you look at for instance cuz everything in pcbs it seems gets smaller as years go by mm-hmm. the same way that the moore's law dictates that processors get faster and more dense as time goes by yeah um how do you get that minimization of size so like let's say you take a laptop from five years ago that has a big motherboard in it Mm -hmm. which is a giant pcb yep and then you look at for instance some of the new mac uh, laptops that only have like a three inch motherboard in them Mm -hmm. how make that happen
1: well there yeah there are a few different ways that yeah that things have been miniaturized part of it is just eliminating components like you, you get more specialized ic's the ic's you don't need the circuit circuitry around it you get so you have fewer components that you need. You're also uh, merging together a lot of the functions. Things that used to take separate processors are now being handled by a single processor. Mm. Um, and things that used to require specialized hardware, like controlling memory and things like that, have been offloaded onto either devices that are made for it, or um, when you no longer have like spinning disk memory and things like that, you go to flash. Then it's just more chips, and those can be yeah. really densely packed mm-hmm. in a way that you couldn't before.
0: Are the architectures changing? I know we're getting a little bit off topic, but like, is the way that you would actually design a PCB changing?
1: Um, it's not the way you would design a PCB necessarily, although they are getting, you're getting more and more layers of PCB. You can get, you can pack components in a lot closer because you don't need the surface area of the PCB to run the traces to get around. Um, like one of the big challenges is that you can shift a whole lot of stuff off to a chip, but then that chip needs more IO pins. It needs more input and output. And, uh, so you're limited, the traditional design of a chip was what they call DIP. It's a dual inline package. And it was, you had a long rectangular, this is what, if you picture a, like an IC, you probably picture a DIP chip. It's a long rectangle with legs that stick down. It looks like a little centipede. And yeah, they was, use them in logos a lot. Yeah, that Look, is. Like black rectangles with little silver legs. Mm-hmm. So that's the prototypical IC. It's what people tend to imagine. Now, there are a lot of, you can still get a lot of things in that package, um but more of them, they tend to have what they call gull wing legs or surface mat legs, which is where instead of the legs going straight down, they bend out, and that's meant to sit on a pad on the surface of the, uh, of the chip, or sorry, on the surface of the PCB. And so that allows you to get smaller legs closer together because now you don't need to have holes through the board. And that's one of the limiting factors is how close holes can be together on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but now what you're going to see a lot is big square chips that don't have any legs around the outside because that's a limiting factor is how much circ- like perimeter you have on the chip. Mm-hmm. And so what they've gone to now is uh, ball grids. It's a, a grid of um, metal balls on the bottom of the chip. Oh yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. So you'll see that a lot, especially if you've seen blank, uh, circuit boards, you'll see what look it's a square with a grid of little metal circles inside it. And that's where a ball grid array goes. So now that you're, you can get that done because you no longer, when they're doing assembly in uh, a manufacturing setting, they're using a process called reflow, which is where, um, basically you take your, your printed circuit board and you take a paste which is a sticky it is a paste but it's got metal in it and you have a stencil and you stencil it onto the surface of the board and then you take all your components and you stick them to the board using that paste so the stencil is where you have the pads on the board and then the paste has metal in it it's got flux and solder in it mm-hmm. and then the the when you take that board and you put it through an oven then that paste melts and it turns into solder and it sticks to like it solders all the components to the board and so then that allows you to solder things you can't actually get at when the component's on the board. You can just put down a layer of you put down paste on all the little balls and then you put the chip on top of it, heat it up, and it solders itself into place.
0: Oh cool. okay. So it's kinda like
1: like glue that you kind of paste on the bottom and then you shove the component into Special the glue. Metal mm-hmm. paste glue and then make it hot. Yeah. It's it is it is a glue, and then you heat it up and it turns into solid metal and leaves behind some flux. But
0: neat. Yeah.
1: What's flux? Flux is a it's a type of resin other just poisonous yeah yeah the stuff that cut the uh, the gases that come off of it when it uh heats up are bad but uh yeah it's a I believe it's a resin, and um what it does is it gives you a uh, something that you can put the solder into uh, but also when it coats the surface of the board, it keeps the solder from flowing out over the surface, it makes it sort of ball up on the metal surface. Hmm. So it cuts down on one of the things you'll run into when you put together something with a, with a ball grid is you'll get something called solder bridges, which is where the solder like gets squished between the chip and the board and connects two things that shouldn't be. And creating
0: that's, a bridge?
1: Yes, a solder bridge. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's bad. Over troubled solders. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Over troubled signals. Terrible. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, that's a major problem with those processes. So you really need to control like how much solder you use and things like that.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: What are the different types of soldering, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mentioned reflow and, uh, the other one you'll see a lot in industry is called wave solder. And it's, uh, for through hole components and things that you can't really reflow as well. And what they actually do is you take your, you have molten solder in a pot. And then you have a pump, and it pumps the solder up. And you have uh, a nozzle, and you get a literal wave of molten metal that flows over out of the out of the nozzle in a straight line. And then you take your PCB and you slide it over the surface of that wave, and so that the solder is just basically bubbling up against the bottom of the board. Mm. And if you have any legs, like things with legs sticking down through the board, it'll wick up into the space between them and solder everything in the board all in one go. So you go PCB surfing. Basically, yeah, you send your PCB surfing on a sea of molten lead. It sounds safe. Um well, you're not on it. You it, <laughs> it, it, if you had to do it by hand, it would be pretty scary, but it's all it's almost all <laughs> yeah. conveyor belts and various things that mm-hmm. feed them through. Uh you can also do some really cool stuff with like CNC controlled. Um computer numerically controlled which is a whole different kettle of fish a whole other glossary yeah uh basically it's a a robotic system that has that you put the pot with a nozzle on a computer gantry that moves back and forth and it can basically spray solder at whatever point on the bottom of the pcb you want Mm. Mm. can
0: you talk at all about the facilities where they make pcbs because i always always (laughs) imagine like (laughs) if you look at videos of intel there's like men in big blue suits and weird giant white buildings that are hyper climatized and well, robots
1: moving stuff everywhere. It's not nearly as like clean. The clean room stuff you see when they're like making ICs is a big deal because they're dealing with things at a microscopic scale and you can really mess that up with. Okay. So making dust. PCBs doesn't need to be as clean or it- no, it's actually kind of messy and scary because it's a, basically a room full of like acid baths and various things.
0: Okay. Um,
1: it's, it, it looks like a ma- any other sort of manufacturing um, any other manufacturing place. So they, it's the ICs
0: that really need to have a very, cause you, I guess if you get dust inside an IC, that's, it's bad news bears. But if you yeah. have dust on the PCB, it's like, well, it's just going to get burned away with,
1: like, well, you, you, you will, anyway. you will run into some problems, um, with the dust, but it's in the process of, uh, they get the images, like they get the traces onto the PCBs using, uh, a light and using, like, they print out the pattern you want the copper on a, sh- on a sheet, like a clear sheet. And then they shine a light through it, which activates a photosensitive resin, which then, uh, when they, they put it in acid to etch away the copper, it protects those parts of the board (laughs) so that copper stays there. That's pretty cool. But Mm -hmm. if you get, if you get dust on the plastic, then you, like on the, uh, the image, then you'll get a little bit of copper on the board that's not supposed to be there. It adds a little, (laughs) like, a little, a thread of copper or a little filament of copper and that's one of the things one of the ways that you can have a pcb failure is you'll have these little tiny filaments of copper
0: so that's a that's a good branch um i have a i have friends who buy large volumes of pcbs <laughs> just for fun look there's one <laughs> um what are some of the ways that you that you can get bad pcbs because a lot of times people will complain like oh i got a bunch of boards and they didn't work and like how is that normally a design thing or is it normally a manufacturing thing? And if it's manufacturing, what can go wrong?
1: Yeah, the design is is a little more foolproof recently because there's software that takes you from a schematic. And as long as your schematic makes sense, then the software will tell you if your design doesn't meet that schematic. Although back in the day before my time, the uh, you would design a PCB with like tape. There you'd have, you'd have a big sheet of clear plastic and then you'd have a really big picture of what you wanted to make and you would actually like run tape by hand from point A to point B. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I've, done that, I've
0: done that with MacTac. It's mm-hmm. like a, a sticker
1: basically. Yeah. So you, there was for a long time that was done all by hand and that would be, it'd be perfectly possible to screw up just by not putting a line where it was supposed to be. But now it's pretty foolproof to get to the design stage. But, uh, assuming your schematic is good, then. Most of the time, if you, have, if you have problems with the electronics, it's because either you've got dirt that's caused you to have a connection that's not supposed to be there during the, the image uh, imaging of the copper traces, or uh, you can have problems with it. Because it's built up of layers of uh, fiberglass and copper, then uh, they can delaminate. They can come apart inside, and uh, the way they connect the different layers is they drill a hole, and then they put it through an electroplating process, which l- puts layers of metal on the inside of the hole. Hmm. And that connects all the – because the hole goes through the copper, it connects the layers of copper inside to that – to each other through the hole. And sometimes you don't – if that electroplating doesn't work properly, then you'll get improper connections between layers or you'll get things that aren't connected inside. And when there are problems inside the board, it's really hard to diagnose what's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. um,
0: You mentioned something in the first episode about crosstalk. (laughs) <laughs> what is that
1: oh okay that's getting into a whole different kettle of fish but
0: in a few minutes or less
1: so one of the big challenges actually one of the big challenges to miniaturization and to coming up with really high high speed computing is that when you get into high speed signals um each of everywhere your are everywhere the copper goes on your board becomes a little tiny antenna and they're all broadcasting uh radio frequency radiation because you've got signals going through and every time the, the signals change, it creates a little bit of, of magnetic interference in various other things around it. And if you have, um, traces with carrying signals that go long distances beside each other, then they pick up each, each other's signals. Uh, again, especially at high frequencies. And so you'll have, if you have, you have to design, uh, circuits in such a way that they resist they're either shielded or they resist the tendency for signals to interact with each other and to interfere with data going other places on the board. So that's one of the things you have to consider when you're doing designs is especially things with really high frequency, um, high frequency switching, which is an increasing increasingly a problem now because the faster, the higher your frequency is going, the faster you can make computations, the better your better your product is with the same hardware. Um, and so that's an increasingly a challenge, especially you'll see, Things like when you buy memory for your computer, it'll be rated for it'll have different clock speeds. You'll have like whatever one one three 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 or whatever it will be those are frequencies that it functions at. And the higher the frequency, the reason why there isn't like an infinitely high frequency is because they're getting to the point where they're like pushing the ability of people to lay out a board that doesn't they can actually talk to like that doesn't interfere with itself so much that it doesn't function. Mm-hmm.
0: That was an issue at one point when they were talking about making new cell phones that are modular, where you can basically take apart your cell phone and put in new pieces or add different components. If you want a better camera or you want a faster processor or more memory, you can basically pop out a square of your cell phone and pop in a new one. And that can lead to a lot of really Mm -hmm. crazy issues in terms of crosstalk because all of a sudden there's stuff next to something else that wasn't originally there. And Mm -hmm. you have things in potentially different
1: locations and yeah you also have to find a way to connect those things together like now it's yeah. it's uh if you look inside one of the other things you'll see that's pretty cool inside a lot of electronics now is flexible circuit boards yeah. um or like so it grows out of like what was ribbon cables you saw in a lot of technology anywhere where you had to get signals a lot of signals through a like a bendy surface or something
0: did you see recently the new flexible screens
1: um, there've been a couple that have been, out yeah, there's last... one that just came out recently at CES that was like, mm-hmm. you can roll it into a tube. Yeah. It's, I mean, now that you can do, you can do all kinds of stuff on a surface cause it's, it's now it's just basically sandwiching copper between layers of flexible polymer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that'll have some interesting effects with consumer electronics cause it means that you can create something that bends and you can put a whole circuit. And again, if you can get all of your, almost all of your electronics into a single, um, and a single IC, Then it's just basically you drop that in the middle of a flexible circuit board and you've got one hard part to your product and the rest of it can bend. That's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to the things that people do with flexible circuit boards because it adds a lot of interesting ideas, things you could do with like wearable tech. Yeah. uh, Because you could create a whole circuit that's like sewn into a shirt and the shirt would still bend and things like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks, Simon. Yeah, You're welcome. I'm hopefully I haven't created like more glossary questions with all the, (laughs) I tried to define (laughs) things as I went along. So hopefully we haven't confused anyone anymore.
0: Let us know if you're confused.
1: Yep. You can go and ask us all the questions you like on Facebook and I will try to respond to you there. And if it's a great question, then we'll have another one of these. Mm -hmm. Everything slash. How do you edge Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest? It's
0: all slash. How do you Yep,
1: or feedback at how do you engineer? And if you want us to keep doing this, you should rate us on iTunes. Yeah.